Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave of the Cross Apologetics. I am Patrick. And I'm Tony. And we're joined by two special guests, one returning, still very special, uh, but uh, one new friend as well. And uh, we're going to be talking about a new book, believe it or not. Yes, that's right. The show talks about books and we've actually read them. So that's what uh, we encourage you to do is to grab the books, take them off your shelf, blow off the dust if they're not new, like uh, uh, our two extinguished, extinguished uh, gentlemen uh, have written one today and uh, and open them up and, and read them and carry them out uh, for God's glory. And so uh, today uh, we're welcoming back Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. And just to remind you of his pedigree, he had an MDiv from uh, Columbia International University and a Doctor of Philosophy from Trinity International University. He's author of more than 60 books, which is probably a low number by this point in time, including Truth and a Culture of Doubt, which he had joined us uh, on, on our show before to talk about, The Heresy of Orthodoxy and The Cradle, The Cross and The Crown. It's all one book for that one. Uh, he's currently a theologian in residence at Fellowship Raleigh and founder of Biblical Foundation, which exists to help restore the biblical foundations for the family, the church, and the society. And joining us from down under is Dr. Greg Oswell, who is the academic dean and lecturer in Hebrew and Old Testament from Christ College, Sydney, Australia. He earned his Master's of Theology at Austrian, Australian's College of Theology and the Doctor of Philosophy at University of Sydney. He's written such helpful works as text and paratext, the EP study commentary of Ezra and Nehemiah, and he co-authored Unceasing Kindness, which is part of the new studies in biblical theology, which Dr. Kusenberger has also written for. And it's a wonderful series. It's long. You'll highlight more than you won't highlight. So just take that into effect. And, uh, and that one was on the study of Ruth, and I appreciated uh, that one as well. So gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Yes, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, and today we have the privilege of discussing the new book from Crossway of Is uh, Biblical Theology a can Canonical, Thematic, and Ethical Approach? And uh, uh, both of you gentlemen have your own areas. And so I'm, I'm just going to give you kind of uh, with reference books. I'm always told <laughs> use it as a reference, but to me, that's called a challenge. And so I read it cover to cover. And so here's, here's my real quick review. You have citation and notes at the bottom of the page where good Christians know that they go. But you also give us a good bibliography and uh, 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 citations in the back. Uh, you really kind of get three books in one, which we'll kind of talk about a little bit. And you get a biblical theology book, but you also almost sneak in a systematic theology at the conclusion there. So my first question is this. How do you guys tackle writing this book? So uh, obviously, Dr. Kostenberger gets John and Dr. Gospel gets uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. <laughs> do, you, do you rock, paper, scissors over a Zoom call to figure out who gets what else? <laughs> Well, the, it was not hard. Uh, <laughs> Greg wrote the Old Testament portion. I wrote the New Testament portion. Gotcha. And then we collaborated on the introduction, the conclusion, and the middle chapter on the New Testament use of the old. Wow. It, it, it was it was a real joy to, to read through this. Uh, there were many new things that I learned, which um, I, I always want to be, I always want to be surprised by by new things when I read. So um, I, I appreciate uh, the work here and, and obviously a high recommendation uh, again, uh, Dr. Kosberg, I have, I have, out of all the authors, you are the uh, the one that I'm collecting the most, and and not just collecting, but reading. So, um, uh, I was uh, happy to add this uh, to my collection and uh, for use in the future. Um, so, uh, talking about kind of uh, what what made, made made the team up necessary. What 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 was the kind of inspiration and for working with each other? You know, what was needed in the realm of biblical theology that uh, that both of you wanted to add. Well, you know, I think for both of us, uh, writing a Google theology is is 
is a crowning achievement. Uh, I, I, it culminates, I think, for both of us, uh, a 30-year uh, uh, process of teaching and and uh, writing, um, studying the scriptures. I I dreamed of writing a biblical theology for quite some time, but I knew I could only do it with a congenial Old Testament collaborator. And when I came across Greg's work, especially on book order in the really in both testaments, I was very impressed. And and I approached him to see if we are sufficiently compatible uh, in our theological beliefs to work together on a biblical theology. And I, I was pleased to discover that we were. And so we worked up a proposal and submitted it to Crossway, and and they enthusiastically commissioned the volume. But uh, we'll see what Greg has to add here. Uh, yes, uh, th that's right. We 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 both uh, specialize in particular testaments, but uh, Andreas and I have both uh, also studied and and dipped into the other testaments. So there was that. Uh, helpful crossover as well, so that we would be able to um, usefully comment on each other's work, mm -hmm. and indeed we'd be open to the uh, in, in, insights and feedback of each other, and that that was also important. And yes, the whole process was uh, mm -hmm. extremely uh, pleasurable, and, and I know we were both enriched by by working together in this kind of way. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, we're both uh, very much interested in biblical theology, and uh, all the earlier. Uh, more detailed work on the Bible than, than fed into this particular biblical theology because we wanted our theology to have a very strong exegetical base, not, 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 not get bogged down in the details, but have a very solid base in the text of Scripture so that, that what we was, were presenting was, was well-founded, and that was very important to us. Mm -hmm. so, so you both mentioned actually this idea of biblical theology and uh, and I know in the book you talk uh, the differences between systematic theology and biblical theology. So can you, can, for our audience, can you kind of give us what the idea, the distinctions are and, you know, how they're different and that sort of thing? Okay, maybe I'll briefly get started and then again Greg can elaborate further. But uh, uh, we simply define biblical theology as the theology of the biblical writers themselves, uh, which we as biblical theologians uh, attempt to discovered by a close study of the text. And by contrast, uh, systematic theology is a schematic presentation of the biblical teaching on all the major doctrines uh, following the dictates of logic, order, and need. So to contrast the two, biblical theology is descriptive, systematic theology is prescriptive, biblical theology is historical, systematic theology is abstract, and biblical theology is inductive, while systematic theology is deductive. Now, both have their place, but we believe biblical theology is the proper place to start before engaging in systematic theology. Uh, we actually believe that biblical theologians and systematicians should collaborate in such a way that systematicians take up the insights of biblical theologians as they work at presenting the teaching of Scripture in a systematic fashion. So we're strong advocates of collaboration rather than competition. I suppose I need to add, honestly, uh, we wrote a biblical theology because we're not capable of writing a systematic theology. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do, uh, you know, biblical theologians get in trouble when they kind of uh, 
start to think that maybe they can write a systematic theology, but <laughs> uh, but but of course, all that in Bible input is needed into systematic theology. And Andreas and I, you know, deeply believe in systematic theology. Uh, but systematic theology, yes, is often using our own categories or categories from our time or, or the classic topics of mm. systematic theology, soteriology, soteriology, Christology, and so forth. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 more applied to our time and our present concerns. But biblical theology, as Andreas said, it's it's the theology of the Bible writers themselves. So absolutely uh, foundational to everything else that we want to build upon that. In, in, in the book, you uh, say this, uh, biblical theology, if done well, can give interpreters an independent pair of legs to stand on that allows them to get closer to the Bible and enables them to critique and at times even correct standard systematic theology treatments, especially when looking at given Old and New Testament books or corpus. And then you go on to say that no one could legitimately argue that such a systematic uh, formulation is misguided or unhelpful, but an atemporal presentation should sufficiently ground uh, be grounded in the biblical text themselves and studied along historical lines. I think that's uh, uh, very insightful for, for us who, who want to, uh, reading so far after the Bible has been uh, laid down and given to us as as the uh, for the uh, people of the book of, of the church, and uh, still we, we we need to understand the the people who are writing are writing to a particular audience, a particular people for a particular purpose, and so sometimes I think we get too um, maybe hung up on always trying to find uh, um, Jesus throughout the 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 Old Testament, where we might then fall into the the pattern of seeing him in places where he doesn't uh, show up or belong. So uh, I think you, you have the uh, the comment of uh, n no one looks at the Old Testament and says, uh, uh, what would Jacob do? Uh, in fact, we should do maybe the opposite of what of what what that is. We, we don't. Uh, but uh, but uh, the, the, the fact, though, that um, the, the Bible is uh, one one um, codex uh, among 66 uh, is key in in uh, biblical uh, uh, theology here. We love talking on the show about presuppositions. It's it's uh, kind of how we identify as as apologists, uh, but uh, also uh, we're we're always saying what am I bringing to the table here that uh, either um, helps us or informs us or uh, at sometimes even hinders us, and and so we we always want to take a look at our presuppositions. And so uh, you have a quote from uh, Dia Carson here on uh, everyone does uh, that which is right in his own eyes and calls it biblical theology. So how, how can uh, biblical theology help us uh, to either form or change our, our presuppositions? Well, yeah, we, we love that quote, uh, you know, and it, it's so true. Uh, I think that's why an accurate definition of biblical theology is so <laughs> important. Uh, and, you know, biblical theology is not just a modern academic discipline. It's already found in the scripture itself. So that's why it's helpful for us to take our cue from from the New Testament writers, where they quote the Old Testament, uh, and to to look and see how they draw connections between uh, what is happening currently uh, in the life of Jesus and and previously God's acts in history, and uh, and even later Old Testament writers already quote earlier Old Testament texts. So uh, there's an entire fabric of intertextual connections right there in Scripture that we as biblical theologians can trace and. And describe as as we uh, try to present a biblical theology, 
because it's not our theology, right? It's the theology of the biblical writers. Uh, now, in our in our view, the best way to do that is to start with a book-by-book -book approach, because every book of Scripture has its own major themes, its ethical teachings, and a unique place in the canon. And then what we do is we synthesize the teachings of individual books corpus by corpus, and ultimately uh, testament by testament, and then in all of Scripture. And we do that in relation to the overall biblical storyline, you know, or meta-narrative. So, uh, it's a huge task to do that, and to our knowledge, no one's ever done this in quite as methodical of a fashion as we've attempted to do in our volume. But you're right, presuppositions and biblical theology is a is a very important topic because we all have them, and we bring a certain pre-understanding to our study of the biblical text. But we believe uh, it's important to hold those presuppositions with an open hand and through inductive study to allow Scripture itself uh, to inform uh, and, if necessary, alter our understanding. I think Grant Osborne has called this the hermeneutical spiral. Uh, I call it the hermeneutical triad. I think if our presuppositions are too rigid or even unalterable, our theological work becomes simply one of proof texting, citing Scripture in support of our pre-existing beliefs and uh, in our view, that's not what biblical theology should be all about. Yes, we, we did take a, a little while in our volume to you know, get to actually the biblical content. So we have introductory chapters where we're exploring some of these important issues. So uh, I don't think we spent too long kind of clearing our throat before we said something. <laughs> but uh, we, we did need to deal with these kind of issues. And Andreas and I have genuinely tried to, uh, you know, put presuppositions aside at least to some extent and and of course that's always the case isn't it we we can't get out of our own skin um we we do look at things through certain eyes but we've uh honestly uh tried to uh see what the bible writers are saying and, and that's a distinctive of of biblical theology and because we spent so long in the text and, and that that healthy discipline of going book by book so that every Bible book was allowed to make its own contribution, uh, and and that really, uh, the, yeah, that that healthy discipline, so that we had to take account of a whole lot of things that often aren't taken into account when people are, are writing a biblical theology. Uh, I think that really assisted us both to uh, you know to to again read the Bible with fresh eyes. Uh, we've done a lot of Bible study, a lot of writing, and so forth. But yeah, this volume did enable us to. Um, look at the whole Bible again uh, with with new eyes, and uh, that was a helpful experience for us, and, and we trust that our readers will also find it very enlightening and helpful. And if I may add one more thing, which is uh, practically what that meant is we spend most of our time in the primary text, in the biblical text themselves, because as you can imagine, the secondary literature is just you know, vast, all the commentary literature and then the monographs, right? And so it was, it was very important for us to prioritize the, the texts of Scripture themselves. And then uh, you do give kind of the secret to your recipe here uh, on page uh, 32 and 33. You, you give a four-simple-step uh, approach on how to uh, <laughs> do your own uh, biblical theology. Read through the book multiple times, take notes, mark up your Bibles, uh, check, not, not a problem there. 
Uh, in doing so, identify key passages where the biblical theology of a given book or corpus is uh, most prominently enunciated, and uh, you go on there. Identify prominent themes and uh, distinctive theological emphasis, and develop a hierarchy of themes. I thought that was just really interesting that uh, that you kind of uh, are are giving a a, a a a telling and then a showing uh, as as we get to the the middle portion of your book, so that um, for for those who might uh, um, uh, see something different or or uh, want to check your work, uh, you give them the, uh, the, the hidden recipe behind, uh, behind biblical theology right there. Yeah, we should have really buried that information more effectively, shouldn't we? Because uh, th this is really telling everybody else how they can write their own biblical theology. So, uh, you know, what could, what could possibly go wrong? But, uh, you know, that, that's, they are helpful. Thank you for highlighting those pages. They are really helpful. And, and, and yes, that's what we were seeking to do. Um, yeah, I think it, it also highlights that uh, biblical theology is for everyone. It's it's for people in the churches. And I've, uh, especially even since the book came out, I had occasion uh, to teach, uh, you know, ordinary Christians in our churches. And uh, that was the question that kept coming up. How how do I do biblical theology? And so, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to not keep that secret for ourselves, but to, to teach other people to, to be able to, to study a given book uh, using a biblical theological method. So we, we couldn't do this with the Gnostics. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> so, so one of the things that uh, kind of is interesting and exciting is the uh, the subtitle that you have has to do with ethics, right? And uh, you know, we we generally don't see that kind of thing in a in a biblical theology. So, you know, why'd you choose to make ethics kind of a, a focus here with regard to biblical theology? Uh, well, let me say a couple of things. So, so I, I think that was one of the uh, suggestions I had, and Andreas only too happily took this up. Uh, yeah, lots of biblical theology tends to be uh, pretty ethics-free, but if biblical theology is describing what the Bible writers are saying about God, his character, his purposes, his will, and therefore what we as human beings uh, should be and do, uh, then we're not just talking about the ideas that we have or, or our our biblically formed convictions about who God is and what he is doing in the world and, and uh, you know, his plan of salvation and so forth. Yeah, of course, that's, that's the bread and butter of, of biblical theology. Uh, but we've got to essentially go into the ethical area. And even in systematics, really properly understood, ethics is part of theology. That's why I'm often, often in Bible colleges, if it's a small Bible college, uh, who's teaching ethics is often the systematic theologian, you know, who's teaching mm -hmm. ethics in the college as well, because uh, ethics properly understood is part of biblical theology. And so, again, we we uh, worked our way through the Bible. You know, we disciplined ourselves. So every Bible book we're, we're coming across, we're not just asking about themes. How does it fit into the storyline, the, you know, the salvation history mm -hmm. plan? But uh, what are the ethics of this particular book. Now, now of course, uh, it's the role of systematic theology and preaching to go into the messy detail of application in daily life and so forth. But it is the role of biblical theology to, to accurately describe what are the ethics being uh, taught in, in different Bible books. Yes, so, so that is a distinctive. And uh, at the end of the book, when we talk about the future of biblical theology without having a crystal ball and not being prophets, we could at least say, well, this is what we would like the future of biblical <laughs> theology to be. And what one of those, mm -hmm. you know, a, a bright future 
uh, of biblical theology has to be, uh, let's start writing biblical theologies with lots of ethics in it. Mm -hmm. Um, In lots of ways, in terms of apologetics, you know, it's the so what question. Uh, Many people stand back from the Christian faith because they can't see how it's connected to their daily lives. So the ethical question can no longer be avoided and so that's why we, mm. Andreas and I, were absolutely committed. We're going to. This is going to be biblical theology with lots of ethics. Mm. Yeah, and I think Greg hit the harder task here to show how, you know, Old Testament uh, various uh, books uh, still are relevant for today. Uh, but clearly, we both agree that uh, Scripture was not just given to inform or to, to increase our Bible knowledge, but to to change our lives. And and so I think our book is infinitely more practical and relevant for people in the churches, including for pastors and for preachers, uh, because we have an embedded biblical ethic throughout. Yeah, it, it's it's always interesting when when uh, you approach uh, the Timothy passage on all Scripture is God breathed and is profitable. Well, who what what is the what is the yeah. scriptures there? Uh, the, it's the Old Testament that that uh, Paul is referring to that he's uh, uh, saying is is still profitable for uh, the, the the people who have seen the coming of the Messiah and who are now uh, called to live uh, because uh, we're, we've we've have that word placed on our heart and and now we're to go and do things and so what are those things that we can do? We can. Uh, still look back to the Old Testament. In fact, I think uh, many times today when we get into conversations on uh, you know the, the society and all the ills that we're facing and and where to go to, uh, a, a, a lot of times we're missing out a good chunk of 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 ethical duties that uh, that we have uh, uh, that the New Testament uh, authors would apply uh, to to their letters uh, from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you say uh, the biblical narrators seldom preach and their commitment uh, committed non uh, dictatums. Uh, they neither approve nor disprove of any conduct of their character. The reader is not always meant to supply the lack and it is easy to make wrong judgments. Close attention in the text will prevent the reader from falling into such an error. And so your book uh, uh, clearly uh, attempts to do this. I remember Tony and I, we were going through a God delusion with uh, Dawkins. And uh, let me tell you that Dawkins is, is no biblical theologian because he wants to apply everything uh, that, that Lot did as, as, a, as, a, as a mirror of what Christians should do and, and how, how uh, what Lot did doesn't seem right. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Dr. Dawkins. Uh, you know we're we're there with you. Uh, maybe it's not best to throw our our daughters out to the uh, to the wilderness of uh, of rapists. So, um, it, it's just uh, uh, interesting that um, we are um, we uh, this this book will will help in um, laying out foundations of of looking at at uh, at narrative uh stories or uh, uh even stories that uh, are uh, poetry uh you know I, I definitely went through uh, some of the uh, the psalm and proverbs and 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 pulling out the ethical uh, um applications to those as well um dr goswell uh, was it hard not to add anything that you haven't said already for for ezra and nehemiah or did did you uh did you have to limit yourself or did andreas have to to limit you on on what you brought in there no, we were all pretty disciplined, and uh, exactly. But uh, of course, we know some areas of the Bible in a huge amount of depth. So you, you've got to be highly selective and so forth. But that, that was a healthy discipline because we're really trying to boil down things, not not to simplicities, but but what what really matters and what's going to be most helpful to people. Uh, if I can just make a comment too about ethics, uh, it, committed Christians can make the same 
mistakes as as Richard Dawkins, just just because the Bible doesn't approve or disapprove, people have often then assumed, oh, oh the, the passage doesn't have an ethic, mm-hmm. or or, or uh, you know, um, there's there's no do's and don'ts. So so we're trying to set an example. Um, in yes, how do you read the Bible ethically uh, when the uh, Bible writer is not taking that kind of didactic kind of teacher type stance? And um, yeah, so, so I think we've got a lot of helpful things in this ethical area. Uh, the Bible is meant to be applied. Every book is giving valuable input to us how to live the Christian life. Uh, and, and so, yes, I, I think we're providing ethical training as well as helping people to uh, work out how do we discover what the theme of a book is and and so forth. Yeah, yeah I would say, you know, it, it, it requires uh, skill and also fairly sophisticated hermeneutic uh, to do justice to the various genres of Scripture. And I think that's why we wrote this book in our late 50s and early 60s rather than in our 20s and 30s, because uh, it's quite a task not just to do that for one or two books, but for all 66 of them. Yeah, you, you guys uh, d- speak about uh, the um, the ability for us to always kind of want to proof text, and it's it's very easy to go to that. I remember uh, wanting to teach on uh, Romans 9 to a high school class, and I found out that in order to do uh, proper uh, uh, respect to Romans 9, you know where I had to start was in Romans 1 and run <laughs> all the way through. And and it, yeah. it was such a joy to, to, to find the flow of Paul's, uh, you know, uh, argumentation there. And I'm sure I missed a, a lot. And there was probably, you know, my stack of notes that got dwindled down to a 35 minute uh, talk. Uh, uh, t- uh, but it was it was a great thing. And I can see um, your 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 book here helping with that that flow of taking it from chapter one, verse one to uh, wherever the book may stop. And so uh, I, I, I think um, readers will appreciate um, the, the the hard work that you 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 put in there too, and mm-hmm. and and may see other um, uh, application points uh, from there, and not just from uh, what's being done, but also uh, from from who God is. I, I've I've found that uh, this past year I've been working on uh, uh, you know why is the Bible not just these and those and do's and do nots? Uh, it always seems to be well. Here's God's character. You know, uh, we uh, I think Ephesians mm-hmm. is is a perfect split down the middle. Paul goes, this is who God is, this is who you are. Now here are mm-hmm. the things you do. And he draws back to who God is in order to get you to 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 walk out and you know uh, feed the widows or 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 help the church or or you know what 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 have you is 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 being the theme there in in uh, in scripture. And um, that again brings out that aspect of it's it's doctrine as well as ethics, isn't it? And and that kind of biblical balance is is essential or else we're 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 really distorting or, or giving the wrong impression, aren't we, of what the Bible is about? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, can can you guys kind of give some of the highlights of of things that you you maybe uh, saw that you haven't seen before or that you were excited to 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 write about and and share uh, here? Uh, did you uh, all of a sudden uh, see something that you you haven't have uh, when when you were going through uh, Song of Solomon or or maybe uh, Philemon? You ended up writing. Uh, three times as much uh, than uh, how long the book actually is? Yeah, I think for me, probably my favorite book or corpus to work through were the Gospels. And I think the reason is that the Gospels are at the very heart of the biblical canon, Old and New Testament, because they show uh, the fulfillment of Scripture in 
in Jesus in in just so many different ways. I I found Richard Hayes's work on this very helpful uh, in his book Echoes of Scripture in the Gospels. And uh, of course, in our volume, uh, we have an entire chapter, chapter eight on the Gospels, and uh, that's almost 100 pages long. And we discuss the major themes and ethical teachings and place in the storyline of Scripture for each Gospel individually, and then for all of the four Gospels jointly. Now, to give you one specific example, I was I was particularly excited to discover several allusions uh, to Old Testament narratives in Luke's gospel that I'd never seen before, uh, in particular to the ministry of Elijah. When you look at the beginning of the Luke and travel narrative in Luke chapter 9, it opens up by saying that Jesus would be taken up, which I think is a subtle allusion to Elijah being taken up. And immediately after that, James and John ask Jesus if he wants them to call down fire from heaven, Again, like Elijah did, and immediately after that, Jesus tells uh, prospective disciples who first want to say goodbye to their families that no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God, uh, which is yet another allusion to the Elijah-Elisha narrative. But one interesting twist there is that unlike Elijah, Jesus does not allow his followers to first say goodbye to their families. Uh, so, you know, you have to read very closely and, and look both for similarities and, uh, and differences. Yes, and, and in terms of uh, what I discovered, uh, whenever students kind of say, now, what's your favourite Bible book? My answer always is the one I'm studying at the moment. Um, <laughs> every, every part of the Bible is just so fascinating and helpful. Um, but a few things uh, along the way, I, I suppose I discovered afresh the Psalms and Chronicles, each in their own way, finally pull the Old Testament together in terms of its theology and teaching. I kind of knew that, but I kind of discovered it in, in, in a deeper kind of way. So that it's not as if the psalmist is saying something different from the prophets who are saying something different from the historians. But, but, but there's so much coordination and coalescing of, of what really are our key concerns, such as the kingdom of God, God's kingdom purposes, for example. So I suppose I discovered afresh, um, yeah, these books which are so different from each other, and yet they've got, for example, a kingdom theology that kind of brings them together in a helpful way. I made lots of discoveries along the way, so I had to kind of, since writing the book, I've spun off various articles <laughs> as a result. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, I worked out a few extra things about Jeremiah's new covenant and Jeremiah 31 that I hadn't quite put together. Mm. A big Bible theme, I suppose, I discovered afresh was the goodness of God. And so, again, I've written a journal article which kind of has gone into more details <laughs> about that kind of area. Yes, yeah, so, so there were a number of really... Uh, helpful discoveries that that really blessed me and I hope others will be helped through this volume but also other things I've written since mm. so we did have that yes uh it wasn't as if Andreas and I were just doing revision uh <laughs> we were doing that but we were discovering all these all these new and exciting things that we wanted to share with people as well mm -hmm. so so uh so if you want to use this book uh let's say for more than just a reference uh, can you offer some maybe uh, best use practices, you know, for all levels of Bible readers? So, you you know, you just know, you just noted that you made various discoveries and that sort of thing that were, were helpful. 
So obviously, if you want to use it, then more than just a reference, what what kinds of things are you thinking? people should be considering. I, I think I think you're right. Uh, there's really two ways to use our book. You know, first one could read through it slowly and and steadily cover to cover. And 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 personally, uh, I think that's what I would have tried to do as a reader because I love biblical theology and I would have wanted to trace biblical theology through the entire scriptures from beginning to end. But we realize that for many, reading through you know 750 pages of, 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 of quite a bit of detail may not be feasible. And so then the second way to use our book would be to use it, uh, as you mentioned, Tony, as a, as a reference tool and to turn to you know our treatment of whatever book people are currently studying or, or teaching on or pastors preaching on. Uh, either way, I think our we hope our biblical theology will be helpful and illuminating uh, as our readers study scripture inductively. Like I said, I think biblical theology is a great way to study the Bible. So hopefully we whet people's appetite and maybe even introduce some to study the Bible in this way for the very first time. You know, I we both have a heart for the church. And so uh, we don't look at this merely as an academic work. And one of my uh, greatest joys is to to see some of the Amazon reviews, for example, uh, you know, by people maybe who had never heard even the, the the term biblical theology before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think they're the two main uses. Um, feel free to read it cover to cover. Like, I think that would be a, a great little um, task for a pastor who has, you know, an official or unofficial little sabbatical, uh, you know, just to refresh themselves. Um, I think that would be really helpful because who, who knows what part of this book is going to be most helpful to an individual reader, but um, uh, not just pastors, but those leading a, um, a Bible study group in their home. You're going to study Ruth, read, read our, our chapter on Ruth, just to give you an orientation, mm-hmm. just to supplement maybe the Bible study notes that you're basing your, your studies on uh, yeah, so both kind of uses. So, so uh, uh, the book is designed uh, with both those kind of uses in mind, and and, and and from that viewpoint, I think it's pretty user friendly. You don't have to be daunted by its size. Like it, it, it did turn out to be a sizable volume. If I, as I've been telling people, a great book on a windy day uh, to stop <laughs> the door slamming. But uh, hopefully, people won't just use it for that. So it is a big volume, but it's user friendly because uh, it's well indexed. Um, mm-hmm. it's clearly divided. People can find the particular book that they're most interested in at, at the present time. It, it was, uh, it was great. Cause, uh, um, for, um, my wife and my children's Bible time for when, when I'm not home is they're, they're, uh, listening through the Bible. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're coming to me with questions without me refreshing uh, myself on, all right, uh, you know, a, a second uh, Chronicles. Uh, I have to remember. Okay, what period of history is that? Uh, this this book will will help uh, refresh that. And so I was flipping through there and and seeing what points. And I was like, okay, it's not the the hacking of the prostitute that's in Judges. I can I can skip uh, that explanation for right now uh, to a seven and a five year old. But uh, but uh, it, it was a a great uh, a great tool t- uh, to use just in. Um, family devotion and and it's it's uh is something that um that uh we're reading through luke as as a family as well that i can kind of um go through and and see where two learned scholars like yourself have have kind of uh put uh, certain plot points uh in so that i'm uh sure to uh to focus on them and and to to talk about uh not just 
these are the things that Jesus did, but these are the things that Jesus did. And now we, as, uh, as, as Bible believers, as, as Christ followers, uh, were, uh, expected and we, we are pleased to want to do. And so, uh, I've, I've, I've viewed that as a, a great tool just for, for laymen such as myself. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so hopefully, uh, uh, people will get the same, same, um, um, value, uh, uh, out of it. Uh, but, uh, but just, uh, just, I mean, it's 66 books that you're writing a, th- a three-part commentary on. The, 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 you guys could rip out the first 67 pages, publish that its own book as a great little pretext. I'm, I'm already uh, ordering, Dr. Goswell, your, um, your book on paratext because I hadn't even considered the, the way that books are placed or the gospels are, are, are collected would have any impact on, on just us as a reader. And that just probably shows my ignorance as a, as a Western uh, 21st century uh, male person. Uh, so, no, so Patrick, I not, not ignorance. Um, as I say in that book, often you don't notice something, even if it's staring you in the face until it's pointed out. It's just what we're <laughs> like as human beings. So, yeah, no, thank you for ordering that book. Please, please spread the word. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you, you have a, a lecture on, on YouTube that I also want to check out uh, that uh, you were a guest lecture on. So um, I'm, I'm uh, excited to, uh, to, to pick that up. Mm. Well, again, uh, gentlemen, I, I greatly appreciate you uh, getting a hold of us, uh, uh, ha- handing over your your work for the past uh, several. Uh, uh, I, I don't even want to put a number on it because you've you've. It seems like the, what you've written about has has um, kind of led you up, and I think you would agree led led you up to kind of this point. And 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 uh, we see that uh, uh, the, the the truth of you know if if every man is a is a. Uh, uh, a poet and all the the ink was in the ocean that uh, we'd, we'd probably run out of uh, uh, ink and poets before before the Lord comes again. So uh, we appreciate your time and 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 your work in, in this. Thank you, uh, Patrick. And if I may add just one final word, uh, we really want ourselves to be whole Bible Christians and we want to help other people be and become whole Bible Christians. It's so easy to pick and choose, you know, and to have your favorite books. But there's a reason why we have 66 books in our Bibles. And so maybe one thing our book can help people do is fill some of those gaps, uh, Uh, books maybe they've never read, you know, and maybe they discover the significance of those books for their lives for the very first time. Wonderful. Well, again, uh, the uh, title of the book is Biblical Theology, a Canonical, Thematic, and Ethical Approach. And uh, all the links for uh, this will be uh, included as well, as well as uh, ways to check out other works from uh, the two great doctors here. And so, again, we uh, appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, uh, the invitation is still open anytime uh, you guys want to hop back on or just to to chat. We'd we'd have you at any moment. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Patrick, Tony. Thank you so very much. All right, everyone, and uh, we'll pick back up with uh, uh, our, our book uh, by John Frame, uh, and we'll we'll finally uh, get into some. Uh, 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 let's see, it's it's proofs of of who God is uh, in in there um, uh, for where we're at in our our middle of our book for the chapters. So, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.